0: Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today's message is I am the resurrection and the life. Now, here's Pastor Chris. Good morning, everybody. How are you all doing? not going to lie, it's been a little chilly the last couple days in the mornings. Brr. I actually had to use the heater. I heard the heat come on this morning when I woke up. Thank the Lord. I have to say whoever invented heat, and more importantly, especially during the summer, bless you. Because when it's 115 degrees, that's miserable. When it's 32 degrees or maybe even 29, it's miserable. Let's pray. God, we thank you for another day of life. And Lord, as we begin uh, studying and talking about, Lord, you as the resurrection and the life be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Years ago, there's a story told of a an Inuit man in Alaskan winter who, having barely any food, set upon a journey to go out. And armed only with his spear, he went out into the cold and braved the elements of the snow, Searching far and wide, high and low. And it's there that, armed with the compassion of a starving village, he would do anything to find something to eat. So much so that his one hope was finding a polar bear. And when he went out, he found a polar bear, and as they got closer to each other, he started to wave and flap his hands and yell and shout. And a polar bear who had hardly ever seen any humans, did not see the danger that was about him. And as they got close, the Inuit man would flap his arms even more until the bear being provoked in anger would rise up and is there that the Inuit man would take his spear and try to go for the bear's heart. If he was successful, he would pierce it. The bear would fall on the spear and maybe not pass away right away. Would probably hurt, may or even potentially take the life of the Inuit man. Shortly thereafter, the village who had been starving would go and follow the tracks of their beloved friend or family member and find food. They would find, in their opinion, life because to them, they ate polar bear food with sustenance, and especially if they were starving. Now, courageous man goes out, saves a village, right? Awesome. But yet even any man could probably go into this cold, whether you're a believer or not. When we look at it from the perspective of Christ, though, we find that Christ not only faced the bear, but also died for everyone. Those who believe and don't even believe in him, Yet, not just for me or my friend, but for everyone, whether they returned his love or not." Today we're going to look in John 11 and we got a lot of reading. I didn't put all the scripture up there because it would have been a lot for Bill. So we're just going to hit highlights. But as we begin this journey, so if you got your Bible, let's go to John 11. We find ourselves in Bethany. A man named Lazarus has fallen sick. And his sisters, Mary and Martha, regular characters in the Gospels, send word to Jesus that the one whom Jesus loves is sick. So John 11, verse 1. All right. Are we there? If you are, say amen. Amen. All right. Sounds like a majority. So a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. And so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Amen. Amen. And so we find that Jesus has a relationship with Mary, Martha, and especially Lazarus. Maybe they were BFFs, best friends forever. All right. They're close and yet we find that Jesus is making a proclamation and he's stating that this sickness will not end in death so that God's son may be glorified. So we find as well, Jesus has a close relationship with family. The one, Lazarus, the one you love is sick. So Jesus gets word. When he heard this, sorry, now Jesus loved Martha and Mary and her sister with Lazarus. And when they heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed there two more days. And when he had said, and then he said to his disciples, let us get back to Judea. So whether it was intentional or not, it sounds like it, especially if he's going to glorify God. They stay where they're at for two more days and it takes them another two days to get there. Before they even begin the journey, though, Thomas, also known as Didymus, some of them, they said, but Rabbi, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you and yet you're going back because Bethany was only two miles away from Jerusalem on the outskirts. Jesus, as we had found, as we've been studying in chapter six and especially in chapter eight, nine and ten, Jesus is having a contentious relationship with the Pharisees. So much so that several times they've tried to stone him for blasphemy. And then Jesus responds, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daylight, daytime will not stumble, for they will see this by the world's light. For It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. And then after this, he said, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. And his disciples responded, because then being the practical people, Lord, if he's asleep, then he'll get better. But Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he was meaning natural sleep. And then he tells them point blank, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. And then I love Thomas, because Thomas, he's thinking out loud and he just blurts out, Well. Let's go, so that we may also die with him. All right? That's a pretty, pretty bold statement, right? And even Peter, as we'll find uh, in another gospel, Peter, sorry, later, later, sorry, not this, another gospel, it's in John. He's, you know, he's willing, he will stick with Jesus the whole time. Thomas has indicated, well, if he's going to Jerusalem, let's go with them. At least we'll, we'll be with Jesus. And it's here that we continue when we finally, Jesus finally gets to Bethany and he's found that Lazarus has already been in the tomb for how many days? Four days. Okay. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, the many Jews had come from Jerusalem to comfort Mary and Martha, maybe some of them were professional mourners. And when Martha finds out that Jesus was coming, she goes out to meet him. But Mary stays at home. And Martha says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus responds, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus then says, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, here in this story, Jesus doesn't pr- promise that death will end with Lazarus, okay? But that it would not have the final word. Fact of the matter is, look, at this point, our friends and our loved ones, and perhaps even some of us, are going to pass away. And yet, we find hope and comfort because Jesus says that I am the resurrection and the life. In fact, continuing on, um, Jesus says uh, to her, your brother, sorry, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? So Martha and Jesus are having this conversation. And yet, when we find as well later on in verse 32, Jesus sends Martha to get Mary, Mary comes running back and she as well says the same thing, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But here, Mary and Jesus don't have the same conversation that Martha has. Mary and Martha had this expectation because Jesus was the son of God. He was the Messiah. He'd healed a blind man. He'd done many miracles. He turned water into wine. And yet he couldn't get there in time to heal their brother. They had the belief that he could, but he didn't when they wanted him to. The fact of the matter is sometimes our expectations may differ from God's plan there was, a, there was a, a, couple, a, a couple who had gone to bed, and when they'd woken up, the wife said, "Honey, I, I had a dream that you you got me a, a, a gold was it a, a gold necklace? What does it mean?" And the husband thought about, "Well, Valentine's is coming up. Maybe you'll find out." The next day. Wife has a dream, honey, I, I had a, a dream that you, you bought me a pearl necklace. And the husband said, oh, you know, uh, v- Valentine's is coming up, May, maybe you'll find out. The next day the wife wakes up, honey, I, I had this dream that, that you, you bought me a diamond necklace. Well, the husband woke up. Well, it's Tuesday. It's Valentine's Day. Maybe you'll find out tonight. Just be patient, honey. Just be patient. Evening comes. He has a box wrapped. And to the wife's delight, as she opens it, she then finds a book entitled The Meaning of Dreams. (laughs) Utter. Utter. Utter disappointment, I am sure. And that man probably was sleeping on the couch that night. (laughs) Disappointments. You know, sometimes our expectations fall short of God's better plan. Amen? Even though sometimes it hurts. I'm going to tell you something that um, I don't really talk about because I get very emotional, but I'm going to try to keep it... Keep it uh, keep it under. I don't like to show emotion sometimes, but I'm going to be real with you. 18 years ago, 2001, I was a college student, and at that point, uh, I told God, told God, if you want me to be a pastor, you're going to have to make way, make it happen. And um, God was faithful and made it happen by sending me to Walla Walla. Unfortunately, I was only there for a year, but it was an awesome period of my life where finally I left the nest. I was 20 years old and I traveled to Walla Walla and I had an awesome time because I had left my home. I had met a ton of new people, learned and, and grew a lot and matured. I was taking Greek every day, 10 o'clock, Monday through Friday with Ron Jolf and all of my friends, my dear friends that I consider great friends today. Met a lot of people. And yet, halfway through, I believe, I've received a phone call that my grandfather had gotten cancer. And I remember sitting with him at Christmas. I have this picture of him, of him and I just sitting there and spending time together. And as time went on, he would get even more sick Till finally he realized he'd had enough with chemo. He'd lived a full and long life, and he wanted to just be at rest. So we respected his decision. And I remember this was in um, late May, two weeks before finals. I called my grandfather. I remember this day because it's one of those moments where you remember everything about you. I was sitting in this chair and I was looking out my window in Sitner Hall and I was looking across the, um, to the administration building and to the right was the Public Works Department. And I remember just telling him, probably, maybe for 10, 15 minutes, how much I loved him and how much I appreciated him. My grandfather was the rock of the family. You know if my parents were mad at each other, uh, I could always go to my grandfather because he was a source of strength and of courage. He gave up a lot to come from the Philippines to hear, and he told me stories about the war when he would hide from the Japanese and how he got his start teaching and working in the publishing house in the Philippines. A man who taught me how to fish off Balboa, uh, the pier in Balboa in Newport, in Redondo Beach. My grandfather was a huge part of my life. But I knew at that point I could hear his voice was he was having trouble speaking. And as I said goodbye and I love you, I knew it was the last time I would speak with him. I began to pray, God, give me two weeks, give me one week, that was Friday, finals had happened. And my parents trying to shield me from the pain and grief didn't tell me until Tuesday, You passed on Sunday. Anger and grief. Why? Why? Why couldn't you give me until Friday? Now, God didn't meet my expectations. And for two months, well, June, July, two months. We had the funeral. I went through the motions. I started summer camp. And by then, if you work at summer camp, you know it's it's a full commitment. Everything about you, you are working hard. It's making sure that you take care of the kids, working as a lifeguard, being a counselor. And it wasn't until the last week, I remember the last Friday, Um, would have been August 2, no, would have been July 31, July 30. I was sitting in my staff cabin and it was there that I finally allowed myself to just cry and grieve and mourn. And I realized I had this sense of finally realizing that I was being selfish because my grandfather was in a lot of pain. The chemo and the cancer brought a lot of pain. For me to ask God, just give me one more week when he simply wanted to rest. It was a hard time in my life. And so much so that I did struggle. It wasn't all the pain and grief didn't end there because as you'll find that time The waves will still come, but as time goes by, the waves are not as strong. But my, I had a lot of pain and anger that I had left that was dwelling in my heart. And finally, I just let it go and I told God, why, why, why? And in this moment of clarity, I realized that my grandfather wasn't in pain. My grandfather was resting. My grandfather was sleeping. And the next thing that he knew was he would be able to see the face of Jesus, a man that a a God that he served with utmost passion and dedication. My grandfather made sure that Jesus was instilled in my life. And I remember as well, shortly before, uh, maybe sometime in the winter beforehand, I told him that I was going to be a minister. As a Filipino man, you were either a medical professor, a professional, a lawyer, or a minister. So I got one of the three. He didn't get to see it actualized. My grandmother did, thankfully enough. I became a minister one month before she passed away. No, two months before she passed away. <laughs> Expectations. We have them. Sometimes God doesn't meet our expectations. And it's there that I realise I can't expect put my expectations on God, but I have to listen and be patient and reveal why God is allowing things and trust that God will do the right thing. Because at the end of the day, my father will have my grandfather will have life and abundantly once again when we're all gathered together on the clouds and spend in glory with our God. Expectations. So, Mary and Martha, there's this pain in their heart. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus responds with, I am the resurrection and the life. So, Mary and Martha are not upset with Jesus' ability to heal, but with his timing. Have faith and trust. So we went through all that and in verse 26 Jesus responds with do you believe this yes lord i believe that you are the messiah the son of god who is to come into the world so Jesus continues he meets mary i mean yeah and we find as well that when she when Jesus meets with mary and has the conversation she doesn't have the same questions and the same responses with mary all she has is pain. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But then Jesus asks, Where is he? And as well, he as well begins to weep because he not only misses his friend Lazarus, the one whom he loved, but as well, perhaps there was a sadness that they didn't quite get yet what he was trying to show. And it's here that Jesus is going to open their eyes because at the end of the day, raising Lazarus shows that God, that Jesus can give eternal life and raise people from the dead. Jesus has already done it. In fact, when Jesus, they go to the tomb. And he says, "Roll the roll the stone away." Martha's like, "Lord, he's been there four days," and they didn't have formaldehyde or whatever they used to embalm people, and so they're worried about the smell. And he said, "Nope, move it." If you, in fact, it says, "Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see?" the glory of God. Because remember in verse four, he says, we're going to, we're going to glorify God. And Jesus responds again. Do you believe? And remember this word, this theme of the word, believe, believe, believe. Jesus then calls forth, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus, he comes out. In fact, it's so funny, I was listening to four different versions of this story, different versions of the Bible in the message Bible, it says the cadaver walked out. <laughs> What a. I don't think you can get more blunt than that. But Lazarus comes forth. (laughs) Finally, we find that God has the final say on death. And one of the things that I realized too, folks, if you have the opportunity, don't wait to have conversations. Don't wait to say, I love you. And don't wait to say, I'm sorry. And don't wait to say you're forgiven because you don't want that baggage, that suitcase that can stick with you if you're not careful. We're not promised tomorrow. Live today and love well. Know that God has the final say. John Pauline points out that there's two things that we can take from this life. Is found in Christ. Life is found in Christ. Do you believe and do you desire to follow Jesus, our God, who has ultimately redeemed us? And to attain this life is to believe in Christ. Do you believe that the Son of God who has come into this world has lived, teach, preached, healed, and died for us and now desires to have a relationship with you through the Holy Spirit? Do you desire to live a life with Christ? For those who as well perhaps have lost a loved one recently or are going through difficult times, there's a song that Jeremy Camp wrote shortly after his wife passed away. He says, I try to hold on to this world with everything that I have, but I feel the weight of what it brings and the hurt that tries to grab. The many trials that seem to never end, his word declares this truth that we will enter in this rest with wonders anew. But I hold on to this hope and the promise that he brings. There will be a place with no more suffering. There will be a day with no more tears, no more pain or no more fears. There will be a day when the burdens of this place will be no more. We'll see Jesus face to face. But until that day, we'll hold on to you always. For those who are still on the journey, I know the journey seems long. You feel your work walk- walking on your own. But there has never been a step where you've walked out all alone. Troubled soul, don't lose your heart, because joy and peace he brings. And the beauty that's in store outweighs the hurt of life's sting. But I hold on to this hope and the promise that he brings. There will be a place with no more suffering. There will be a day with no more tears, no more pain and no more fears. There will be a day when the burdens of this place will be no more. And we'll see Jesus face to face. But until that day, we'll hold on to you always. I can't wait until that day where the very one I've lived for always will wipe away the sorrow that I faced. To touch the scars that rescued me from a life of shame and misery, this is why, this is why I sing. There will be a day with no more tears, no more pain, and no more fears. There will be a day when the burdens of this place will be no more. We'll see Jesus face to face. There will be a day with no more tears, no more pain, and no more fears. There will be a day when the burdens of this place will be no more. We'll see Jesus face to face. There will be a day he'll wipe away the tears. He will wipe away the tears. He'll wipe away the tears. There will be a day. And I long for that day soon when I will be able to see my grandfather and hold him one more time. And the strength that I was able to experience with him, I will have once more knowing that I can talk and I can hear his horrible jokes that he could not even finish because he laughed before he even started. (laughs) His belly, his laughs that came from the belly his love and compassion, especially as a young child, talking to him when I was scared, the depth of calmness that he brought to my life and the strength to give a a great life in the Philippines to struggle and ultimately find hope as well as an immigrant in the United States. I long for that day and the many other friends and family as well that are resting. I long to see that day. Let us pray. God, at the end of the day, you are the resurrection and the life. Lord, there is no reason to fear because in you we find life. And Lord, all you ask is that we believe. And by believing, Lord, accepting you and allowing you to come into our lives, Lord, to shape and mold us, Guide us and be with us. Lord, those of us who are weary and burdened and tired, bring comfort, relief the weight that are on our shoulders, that we may find joy and rest in you. And that God above all, we pray true to our name, Lord. We believe in the second coming. So come soon, Lord. Come soon. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.